Hey everybody, it's Michael Rosso. This is the Film Photography Podcast. Internet radio for people who love to shoot film. This is our July 15th show. And before we get started, I do want to let you guys know that this is our last show for the summer before our break. I know, I know, we'll be back full steam in the fall. I just want to let you know that uh, end of the month, I will be in Austin, Texas, and in Dallas, Texas, screening the Super 8 horror anthology film called The Basement. That's right. Let's listen to the spot right now. Hey, this is Michael Rosso, and I want to tell you folks about an upcoming screening of the 1989 Super 8 feature film that I shot. It's a horror anthology film called The Basement. And here we are 26 years later, and it's completely restored and being screened on the big screen in the big state of Texas. Here are the dates. I'll be at the screenings, and I encourage you to come on down. The Basement Super 8 will be screened at the Alamo Draft House Ritz location in Austin, Texas on Tuesday, July 28th, and in Dallas at the Aviation Cinema Thursday, July 30th, 2015. Please go to filmphotographyproject.com to find out additional information. Thanks, everybody, and I hope to see you there. That was the spot for the basement. I really hope folks in the Texas area will come down to meet me, to hang out, to watch this incredibly not-so-good film, but it's shot, shot on Super 8 in 1989, an incredible feat accomplished and i'm very excited and i'm excited to meet you folks so also a quick note that i want to give a really big 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 thanks to everyone that has uh donated to the fpp over the last year i really want to give you two thumbs up greatly appreciated greatly needed the number of schools that are coming to the fpp looking for vintage gear has greatly increased so sending in your vintage cameras really does help also we have a donate button if you don't want to send goods and you want to donate a few bucks to the fpp that will keep the programming coming in the fall things that keep the show going what show thanks very much and we'll be back in just a second with the show oh and i almost forgot at the very end of this show what show a super bonus for you folks who have been asking when are you guys going to do a vinyl podcast when are you guys going to talk about vintage vinyl well now is the time we have our pilot episode of the Vinyl Record Podcast. It'll be at the very end of this show. What show? Hey, we'll be right back for the big show. What show? Super 8. For years now, folks listening to this podcast have been writing in asking us to talk about Super 8. Well, now that I've started doing research on Super 8, I have to tell you, I am obsessed with Super 8 film. It is so much fun. There are so many vintage Super 8 cameras out there. It's time to pick up a camera and shoot your own three-minute film on a cartridge of Super 8 film. And where are you going to get your film from? Right here at the Film Photography Project store 
online. As weeks go by, you'll see more and more Super 8 film stocks being added to the store. We have the Kodak Vision 3 line of films that come with a cartridge and a prepaid order form to get your film processed and transferred to a digital file. If you're into projection, if you want to project your film in your living room on a vintage projector, you'll want the brand new Whitner Chrome 200D Chrome Super 8 film. When you buy a roll of 200D Chrome film, you will receive an order form. It's not prepaid, but you'll get the order form so you can send your film off to the fine folks at Dwayne's Photo in Parsons, Kansas for processing. Keep an eye on the FPP Super 8 section in the store in coming months for new products being added. And it's time to start shooting some home movies. Super 8. are getting better than ever with the new GAF Super 8 movie cameras. They've got professional features like through-the-lens viewing zoom lenses and through-the-lens automatic exposure meters. They let you do things professionals do without all the work professionals do. Hey, it's Michael Rosso. Here in the summertime. Summertime, some, some, summertime, 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 some, some, summertime, summertime. FPP 129, July 15th, 2015. Mike Rosso here. Matt Mirage. Hey, how's it going, guys? Leslie Lazenby. Hello, everyone. This is the Film Photography Podcast. The show. That is the Film Photography Podcast. This is it. Lots of topics today. We're going to barrel into our first thing of the day, thing, which is a letter. Oh. This is from Chris Tate. He says, like the UK gallery, but as my dad always put it, with the correct spelling. <laughs> That's T-A-I-T. He's on Flickr, C-T-A-I-T, Chris Tate. Subject, just wanted to say hi. Hey, I've been meaning to write in for a while and finally, finally got around to it, sitting in the dark, printing for a show I've got to have framed and on the wall by next week. Ooh. Can't think think of a better way to procrastinate. Hate go. to scoop Matt on upcoming books of the month, <gasps> but him Uh-oh. bringing up the contact sheet sort of segued into one of my faves from my own collection. It's called Moriyama's Contact Sheet Hardcover, oh. in- entitled Labyrinth. Great. Really? Great book, yeah. Good luck finding it for five bucks. <laughs> no. Not going to happen. But I thought folks might be interested in tracking it down. Lots of neat, occasionally hilarious things on those between frames. Moriyama's contact sheet hardcover called Labyrinth. Hope you get a chance to check it out. Great show as always. Thanks for the prompt for print. Oh, he's taking a break from printing to listen to our show. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. That's great. P.S. Our show's International Street Photo Project. We're in our third year of shooting. My my half's always on 35mm. We show it as part of the month-long Exposure Photo Festival. That's ExposurePhotoFestival.com in Calgary, Alberta. That's Canada. If you ever find yourself in our neighborhood around February, dress for Canada, come say hi and check out the best fest no one's ever heard of. (laughs) Cool. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Let's talk really quickly about, very quickly, about color infrared film. 
And we haven't been talking about it on the show much, but there's a mania going on, okay? Really, you know, when something's mania, like me right now on caffeine, manic, mania, <laughs> you run down the street with your, your hands wailing like, ah, your skirt's if, pulled up over your head, right, away you go. If you have hair on your head, you could pull it out like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like mania. <laughs> There has been a mania over FPP color infrared film, 35 millimeter, mostly because it's readily available. We have limited supply. I get manic emails from people. How much do you have? Yes. Tell me. Yes. My response is always very calm because I don't drink caffeine when I'm not on the show. I don't. What show? My response is, at the current rate of sales, we expect to have FPP. Color infrared for the next eighteen months. Okay, wow. so that's it, and it's going fast. So I'm guessing there's another twelve months. Here are some quick letters. Uh, one says, uh, "I have invested in your. <laughs> you do have to invest because mm-hmm. it is pricey. Ooh. I have I have invested in your infrachrome film. I bought nineteen rolls. Ooh, what? It's an investment. It is an investment. You do get twenty four shots. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I am pleased with the test roll I have shot." I presume I can keep the film in the freezer to extend its life. As you know, it's best with foliage, and it's winter in New England right now. This came in uh, way back in uh, February. So, people... so it's July, so it's close to still being winter. <laughs> <laughs> the snow is just melting. Now, before I became manic with infrared film, years ago, mm-hmm. when I first met Leslie Lazenby, you were the first person to sort of like, you know, like you came oh. to the studio and like kind of almost handed off secretly. Like, here, here you go, Mike. Here you go. Yeah, yeah. Put that in, you'd be like, put that in the fridge. I think I even maybe, put that I gave fridge. you put that in the fridge, you some said. of the 4 by 5 Kodak high speed. Kodak? Oh, you, mm. you don't, you're not, you don't um, regret giving that to me. I still have a box. I didn't okay. give you everything. <laughs> Please. Kodak 4 by 5 black <laughs> and white high, high speed. Yeah. H-I-E. Yes. H-I-E. We went to um, Ringwood State Park. Ringwood, yes. yes. And we, I, I squeezed off a few, a few slices. Yes, yeah, you got some awesome. Ringwood is such Ringwood. a nice place. I have a, a sick, uh, no, a twenty by twenty four for, that I took at Ringwood. It's right above my couch. Oh, nice! In, the, in the, the house, same shots that you gave me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just it's like my favorite shot from inf- in infrared. So, mm-hmm. so I would get in place. I would get infrared film in, even some uh, old Kodak, uh, high speed. I get it and just throw it in the fridge and then just walk away because I wasn't interested at the time. And, and black and white was hard to keep. Actually, the the color. The ectochrome or aerochrome versions really lasted better than the black and white. Is that right? I think so, yeah. Black and white really takes a hit with all kinds of cosmic crap going around. The Kodak high-speed 4x5 that I've had light tight in my mm. fridge, probably still okay. Yes. As long yeah. as it's keep yeah. it in the fridge. Keep, yeah. You're, you're scan, you have to scan through maybe a little extra fog okay. from age, but yes. Do you oh, think, marvelous. because I do consider you of the group the infrared um, queen of infrared. There you go. I'll take it. Um, to this gent, if he's just storing it for the course of the winter, I mean, freezer, uh, the fridge is fine, right? But he could do freezer? He could do freezer. I mean, is, is it this, like a piece and, of chicken, is, whereas is you don't want to refreeze? 19 rolls? Yeah. You know what? I would throw maybe half or three quarters of them and just put it in the freezer. Right. And then a few, you know, with your eggs, that kind of thing. Right. That's usually where I put them. In, I don't, mm-hmm. you know, there's, I, I don't use that butter compartment in my fridge. No. It's for film. I always recommend so, um, double uh, Ziploc bags. Double Ziploc bags. This way it's 
Yep. Away from the moisture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yep. And this was I, from... I hope he truly enjoys that. That's an amazing film, and we are so fortunate to have it. Mm-hmm. Just when you think you'll never see any again, and, oh, well, there's some in the FPP store. That's right. Hey. And this is from Patrick <laughs> in New England. Thank you, Patrick. Patrick in New England. Here's another quick Bye. note from Benjamin Chotka. Hey, FPP people, I was listening to your most recent podcast. I am trying to comprehend the color infrared world. Ah. I bought a roll of your FPP color infrared, and I have a question about the filter strength. This is a common question I sure. get. I know you recommend a, tw- a yellow number 12. I have a yellow filter made by Shmina in the Rattan number 1, and I finally find out it was actually 8. I also have an okay. orange 85B. Too much. I was also looking at Flickr. Many people use a black and white 099, which appears to be clear. We're talking about color infrared. So some, there is the, the black and white inter- infrared filters, which mm-hmm. don't work with the color. Do, not recommended. Uh, Flickr says I need a polarizer and a 99 black and white filter. See, this is a mix-up. This is a mash, mm-hmm. mash-up. I recommend keeping it simple. Because even when I mentioned color infrared to even Mark Dalzell, he brought up... R72? Yes. Don't. Oh, the R72 you can't even see like through it. Correct. Exactly. It's like, yeah, it's like over non-visual six Non-visual yeah, transmission. R72 filters for black and white infra- infrared film photography. Yeah, or, or converted dig cameras. Right. Like you, mm-hmm. don't, you don't want to mix that with your Aerochrome. Nope. No. Your, your FPP color infrared, same as Aerochrome. It's a high-speed infrared film. Mm-hmm. You just want the number 12 yellow filter. Yeah. Now, if you happen to have some other yellow filter on your shelf... Or, or maybe a number 8. I've pulled... Yeah. No, like, sometimes there's different numbers, like a 2 exactly. yellow. Exactly. Like, there's Rattans, there's Tiffins, there's... Yeah. I always know yeah. Tiffin number, I believe it Tiffin was. Number's yeah. Tiffin number is the 12. Num- yeah. I have picked up a yellow mm-hmm. just off the shelf, hold it up, and I'm like, oh, that's yellow, that's taking yellow. it out, and it's worked just fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But lately, because the film is pricey, I just went out and bought a number 12. Yes. Like, yeah. I just... Like, why even bother? And that's kind of a... Uh, it's... Kind of a strong yellow, isn't it? A little bit of uh, orange deep, to it. Deep yellow. Deep yeah. yellow. Mm-hmm. Works great. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and there's that the variance, too. Mm-hmm. You might have an eight, and we never know how much infrared we got going on out there. So you shoot very today, hard to tell. you shoot tomorrow, it may look different. Yes. And I think that might be NASA again. You're, you're absolutely correct. I'm, I'm I'm starting it's to all those space shots. You, you can't just be knocking holes up there and not expect an outcome from it. Right. Yeah. This is from uh, Dino Weand, and he says, I shot this for publicity of Matthew Herbert, The Shakes album. I guess these, that's a band, The Shakes. Oh, okay. With your Lomo Purple. Well, it's actually Lomography oh. Lomo Purple that we sell in the FPP online store. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus Landscapes with your Aerochrome, which is actually our FPP color infrared. Plus Shmina. I pushed it two stops. I guess the Shmina color. Love your store, by the way. Thank you very much, Dino. Thanks for your, all your work. I would love, I would love it if you started selling obscure sixteen millimeter and thirty five millimeter movie film. Well, that's funny yeah. you should say. I have like a few hundred thousand feet. Uh-huh. <laughs> really want the Shmina in thirty five millimeter cine film? Oh, that could be. All I have to do is, is there s- such a thing? Well, you know, you pointed out that the sprockets are a little rounded for movie film. Uh, that was on. Two hundred EDU. I think I think thirty five is thirty five, and I think if uh, Dino wants to buy four hundred feet of Shimina color, one twenty five. Why not? Pack shoot it, it up. up. Get it going. Yeah, we already have it in hundred foot rolls. You know what rolls. they say? You got to shoot it. That's right. Uh, thanks for the email, Dino. Yeah. Uh, it's great talking about color infrared. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll come back and um, 
Ooh, Matt's ready. Matt's hold, Matt, Matt's claiming I'm it. He's holding, like, yeah. he's holding a brick in his hand. Yeah, he's got a jam. Uh, a gold well, brick. It's killing me. It's a gold brick. Super eight. For years now, folks listening to this podcast have been writing in, asking us to talk about Super, Super eight. eight. Well, now that I've started doing research on Super Eight, I have to tell you. I am obsessed with Super 8 film. It is so much fun. There are so many vintage Super 8 cameras out there. It's time to pick up a camera and shoot your own three-minute film on a cartridge of Super 8 film. And where are you going to get your film from? Right here at the Film Photography Project store online. As weeks go by, you'll see more and more Super 8 film stocks being added to the store. We have the Kodak Vision 3 line of films that come with a cartridge and a prepaid order form to get your film processed and transferred to a digital file. If you're into projection, if you want to project your film in your living room on a vintage projector, you'll want the brand new Whitner Chrome 200D Chrome Super 8 film. When you buy a roll of 200D Chrome film, you will receive an order form. It's not prepaid, but you'll get the order form so you can send your film off to the fine folks at Dwayne's Photo in Parsons, Kansas for processing. Keep an eye on the FPP Super 8 section in the store in coming months for new products being added. And it's time to start shooting some home movies. Super 8. Hey, we're back. Hey. What do you have in your hands? Well, guys, you're not going to believe this. This is two episodes in a row. I'm not talking about large format. I'm not even going to talk about it. No, I'm going to jump right. It's a 35 millimeter camera. Where's our Matt? What did you do with him? I know. It's crazy, right? <laughs> Mike. What's, what's, that's oh, what no. it is, yeah. It's that Midwest. Look at that Space Age logo with that. Uh, that, that that's what <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's so a crop in my hand, I've got, I've got this. Beefy beast of a camera. I've got this Contax RTS three, and this thing is—it's a monster. But the uh, the lenses on it are sweet. Sweet. They're all uh, yeah. They're all uh, Zeiss T Star lenses. Uh, this one's got a 50 1.4 T Star, so it's like kind of looking through my Hasselblad on the standard lens. Um, I've also got an 85 with me. There's a 35 1.4, there's a 45 2.8, a little smaller mm-hmm. deal. Um, but this is like this is like a big, you know, workhorse. SL. Here, listen to this thing. It, it looks beefy. Let me, beef. let me, let me mean, take looks... a picture. There's film. I got Ecto- I got the Kodak <gasps> E6 in here. Whoa! Mm. Right? That's some. All right, well, let's get that noise again. You have the FPP retro color chrome yes, film the in retro there. Retro chrome in here, yeah. Oh, nice. But this is—I uh, mean, it's not a lightweight camera, and I—I uh, I stole some of your Vardas earlier. Yes, six of did. them. Oh, it takes six AA batteries. Six AA's. This is like power pig. <laughs> yeah, this is this are, like I—I I don't know something that drains batteries faster than like my Game Boy Old, but this like you're going to want a comfort strap with this, a neoprene oh, yes, type yes. comfort this, strap. I mean, something that weight absorbs. This is a heavy 
camera. Yeah, you can. Uh, you I don't can think my some felonies with this camera. My Maya six forty five <laughs> doesn't weigh that much. No, Maybe. it's about the same weight as my Hasselblad. Really, yeah. like once you're all it's said amazingly. done, it's got that. Uh, mm. It's got that power date back. I believe this has a high speed function. I'm on single right now, so. I'm sure continuous high. Should, should I just like go for it? Let's get like a Mike Rosso sequence. Oh. Let's see how fast this thing can rifle. It's going to be faster than oh, Loma Kino. It's going to be great. Let All me right. see what I should do. Hold on. I know what I'm going to do. All right, you got it? All right, yeah. ready? Yeah, you, you say action. All right. <laughs> and action. Nice. Nice. All right, let's see. Can, can you give, can you give three, me... Sound about... One, two, three. Yeah, three frames a second, like a burst. Yeah. And, oh, I got to turn it back on to. What do you have, a 45 exposure roll in there? Uh, 24. Ready and action. There we go. Yeah! Right. Done. Let's, let's rewind this bad boy. Well, you better wait, though, because I'm pretty sure there's going to be smoke coming Here out of Here we go, folks. Uh, hand-rolled films, by the way, are hand-rolled, meaning that, and they're very thoroughly taped. But if you're using a powerhouse, like a, a film that you're okay. shooting, how many frames per second? Uh, like three or four. Three or four. Or f- like you're putting a lot of pressure on that film. It's yeah. like yanking it. Yeah. There's a lot of violence going on in that camera. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. No, I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> I'm very casual. But no, uh, you, you looked through the camera earlier. The, the lenses are just sweet for it. Oh my God! Uh, they is go it, those those bodies actually go for a lot of money. I was really surprised. Is it a pr- proprietary contacts? Yeah, mount? It's, a, it's a contacts mount. It's a different from their like their G series. They're bigger lenses. They're all Zeiss though. Beautiful. Is there any fast fast glass for these yeah, cameras? I'm shooting the 51.4. How is it looking? It's attached, but just not rewound. So oh, something's not catching. All right. It is fully attached. That's good. Oh, that's always so good. Fine. All right. I'm very I'm very pleased and proud. By the way. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Yeah. The, yeah. Cause that's you're right. That's a pull. Now maybe you're just doing something wrong. We did it before. Get maybe your, needs a break. Maybe needs a rest. That's it. On break, it'll come back. Give it some Mr. Browns. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a movie camera. It's rewinding back into its uh, cartridge. There it is. So beautiful sweet. butter. That is a beast. I'll tell you. Right. And people are very, and I think rightfully so, very passionate about those. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. the price point, I was really surprised. Yeah, because passion always goes with price I'm point. Sure. Uh, uh, <laughs> there we go. Okay. Hope. By the way, FPP, we never claim to be, we never come into a camera review like an encyclopedia. No, no. We'll leave that for, what's the guy's name? Rockwell. Oh, I'm sorry, Ken Rock, Rockwell. Oh. Ken Rockwell. I like his pages. He's got, well, well then just, Mary Ken, you will love a documentary that my, my company that is putting out, Pop Cinema, called The Hour of Our Time. It's a conspiracy theory movie about an ex-Navy uh, guy who has the scoop on aliens, UFOs, and the New World Order. By the yeah, way, I the love Ken Rockwell's uh, website because a lot of times I Google a camera. His site comes up. He's very thorough. Yep. It's very well written. It's very been easy, around forever. Easy to read. I love it. Uh, here at FPP... We're not claiming to be the encyclopedia. We're not the manual. Oh, not even close. Mm. No, we're just introducing you to something that's new to us that we're enjoying. Exactly. And then you can kind of pick it up from there, and you can always Google our good friend Mike Butkus, B-U-T-K-U-S. Yeah. Yes. Mike Butkus Camera Manuals. Come right to his site, and you, could, you read the manual in your, in I, your spare I time. I send Midwest customers to his, uh, his site all the time. Great. They and, come and you know, another camera. thing about when we talk about a camera on here, we've used it. 
Yeah, we're, I mean, I'm, so I'm, yeah, you can get all your little facts and stuff, you know, from right, right, right. We've used them. Yeah, when we're talking about it, we're usually yeah. knee deep into these cameras. We're, you know, we're enjoying them. We're putting them through their mm-hmm. paces. We're experimenting with them. Yep. Exactly. What so, model number is that? This is the RTS three. I also brought another RTS, but it uh, it died that, on me. That's RTS three three. Roman numeral three. Um, it's a big beefy mm. camera. Like this is the I, I, I'm, I'm sure very obviously very battery dependent. That camera yeah, cannot be operated if the battery goes dead. Can't do it on no thing. manual exposure. This has DX code auto and it also has you overrode it. For this, this also has override. Um, it's got a continuous high, continuous low, single shot, uh, in camera bracketing, uh, ten second timer, two second timer. Uh, two plus or minus two on exposure. It also has a quick dial for half and full stop. Um, backlight correction. It's got um, X Sync at 250 and 125th. On that here. sounds like that's probably a horizontal shutter. Yeah. Probably titanium because it's lightweight and travels fast. Yeah, it's really nice. It's got a vertical shutter release. See? It's got a quick yeah. release access button. It's got a bulb button for a release there. It's got a plus uh, plus uh, plus two minus two uh, diopter adjust on there. It's got a little date back you can program. It's got a separate battery in there, but the bet. I mean, this thing is beef. <laughs> it mm-hmm. it is intense, F- folks listening. It is it is beef. But the the <laughs> it's beef. Yeah. The look of the like I I know what I'm gonna get out of this is I'm gonna be very pleased with this, especially with a good color film. How fast is that lens? Fifty one four. Zeiss. Oh, so, I mean, oh. it's like looking through the hospital. I mean, here, hold it again. I really like it. I'm not. You mm, know, yeah. Feels good in the hand. Um, is it auto or you have to set your exposures? Um, actually, I was shooting it in uh, AV. That's like my go to. You know, I trust the camera's meter for the AV, most part. So, aperture priority. A- yeah, aperture priority. It's got the, TV. It's got. It's easy yeah. to focus. Very, yeah, it's smooth. If you're just centering the needle in manual, it's the same thing as taking, accepting uh, an aperture or shutter priority. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you're centering the needle, it's the same thing. Yeah. Wow. So, no, it's uh, it's sweet. I'm sure those, uh, mm. the E400 that we just shot, it's going to look great. Carl Zeiss 1.2 glass for this is... 1.2? They don't have 1.2. They don't? Only 1.4, yeah. Carl Zeiss is like, you know, hey... My 1.4 is good enough. No, it is. I mean, so, wide opens could be beautiful. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's these contacts. I'm, you know, I'm getting more into 35 because it's it's convenient. I've got a local guy in town that'll suit my black and white, so nice. I don't have to. Right. He's also starting to scan, so I'm super excited. Awesome. Um, I love getting contact sheets mm. back of that stuff. Ever since we talked about the contact sheet, the book. So yeah, I'm getting uh, I'm getting more into that. I still do my own 120 in the large format. That mm-hmm. just, just makes sense. It's it's easy to do. Um, but no, 35. It's it's pretty cool. They're definitely not shots that I'm like you know. It's like the walking around kind of camera because I do, I still do not own a uh, digital camera. I don't have to. I can no rent, why I can, I can rent one from work. So. Right. But you know what's great about you working at Midwest is that you're getting to really sample and test. Like something comes in, you're like, oh, my God, let me shoot with this. So yeah. you're shooting more film this year than you've shot in years. Oh, my gosh, Mike. I like. And a few years ago, you were down on 35. You're like, ah, bah. Well, it's like I'm still kind of like down on it for the, you know. But you're excited because you see a camera you've never shot with. You're like, oh, let me, let me take this for a spin. Exactly. Like I've shot, oh, I don't know. Probably like 20, 30 cameras I've never would have gotten the chance to otherwise. Plus, you're checking the camera out, shooting with it. Now, when a customer walks in... I can in, recommend exactly. it, yeah. You shot with it. You could actually yeah. tell them what you love yeah, about here, the camera. Here's some, here's some images I took they, with it. It's they, great. Invaluable. They appreciate honest enthusiasm. Have you actually sold a 35mm camera to a customer that you've tested? I sold an M6 that I tested. I sold... That's a Leica? Uh, I, 
Yeah, like M6. I sold, I've sold multiple Mamiya 7s okay. because I'll always test those, mm-hmm. and those things are... Shh. Yeah, I'm getting excited about it. And yeah, the honest enthusiasm does help when... Basically, yes. if... And so this goes hand-in-hand hand with anything. Like, anybody that's in sales, if you... You can sound like a brochure all day, but if you can't speak to it from practical experience, you might as well be a brochure. Right. Yep. Because that's why would somebody just not go, not shop on Amazon? You know, absolutely. Not walk into a brick and mortar and get like the expert opinion on something. Uh, service is king. Mm-hmm. It's the Contax RTS series. I, I believe the RTS were. Uh, there's a lot of cameras in that lineup. Is that um, a 1990s camera? I believe so, or okay. late 80s. Yep. Uh, it stands. Do you know what RTS stands for? I don't. Really tank system. <laughs> I believe it. No, I believe it. Does Contax still make film cameras? No, but they can still be serviced. A lot of the Contax stuff can still be serviced out on the West Coast. Um, Is that right? What's the folks' name? Uh, they will service Mamias as well. But there's there are places in the states that Google will service it. it. Yeah. Google it. The Google. The Google. The Google. The Google. Or you know, if you know, write to us. Podcast mm-hmm. at filmphotographyproject.com. Anything else on the contacts? Mm. Go go get one. Go shoot. Go go get one. All right, we'll be right back. Retro Chrome. This is the year at the FPP that we shoot color slide film. Color slide film is a color positive film traditionally used to make slides that you would put in a slide projector to have slide presentations for your friends and families. These days, you can still put together old-timey slide show presentations, but you can also scan your slide. So in many ways, it's even more fun than shooting color negative because you have the option of projecting your slide or, of course, scanning your slide. Film Farania in Italy, for folks who have been listening to the show, know that a brand new color slide film is being introduced. So while we're waiting... Retrochrome. FPP has unearthed from a vault color slide film made by Kodak, Kodak Ektachrome, that we're calling FPP Retrochrome. FPP Retrochrome comes in 160 ISO and 320 ISO. The miles of film that we have acquired has been thoroughly tested. I encourage everyone to go to the FPP online store. To try. To try. Because many of you out there have never shot color slide film. To try FPP Retrochrome. Retrochrome. Hey, we're back. Uh, here's a quick letter because we were talking about customer service. Mm-hmm. This is a letter about a local shop. This is from K.C. Schneider. It says, hey, gang, long-time listener and one-time giveaway recipient. I love my Minolta XG1, by the way. I guess that's what he won. Love the shoes. I am writing to tell you guys about my local camera store. Oh, it's so great when you have a local place to go, uh-huh. isn't it? It really is. Henley's Photo. This store was almost lost to the digital age last year, but was saved by the dedication of Jimmy and the gang, so we can all rely on them for our film needs. This store is the reason I got into photography when I was in high school and back into it later in life. This place has a lot of history here in Bakersfield, California. 
It's a great story, and there's a nice write-up from the local paper on Facebook, on their Facebook page. Go to Facebook and go to Henley's Photo, H-E-N-L-E-Y-S Photo. I thought they would deserve a shout-out for keeping the hobby alive. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Casey says, well, I'm a few months behind in the podcast, so I missed... (laughs) <laughs> so I missed out on your California visit. Oh, okay. See, oh, insert crying sound here. Yeah. Okay. So I'm sp- <laughs> so I'm spending the weekend listening to your shoes and cleaning up my collection. I just dropped off a handful of color film, but soup my own black and white in my kitchen. Life has gotten in the way of my hobby the last year or so. It happens, but I understand and I plan to get some new shots up soon. I had a Flickr account once. W-V-T-A-Z-Z. But apparently, they have gone to the Yahoo-only login. Uh-huh. And something about this, it's not working out. <laughs> Looking forward to all the FPP goodness to come in 2015. KC. Uh, P.S. If you want to email Henley's, it's photos at henleysphoto.com. Thank you very much, KC. It's nice to get a letter. It is. Yeah, I like hearing about local stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm not... I'm not here to plug Midwest Photo. I just love talking about local because uh, when you're in an area where you can have the where you have that option still, it's just great. You know, uh, Lauren, we were going to get some. Uh, she needed some running shoes. Well, there's actually a place that's nothing but running shoes, right? Or trainers, as they say in the UK. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's. It's literally it's called Columbus Running. Oh, like so just. Right down the street, we go to this. We go to the strudel shop, posh pets. Get, get strudel, <laughs> sweat, get strudel a sweater or some custom booties, and then boom, Columbus running right there. So you know when you have a local niche kind of shop, support it. Right. Spend five five bucks. You're already there. Just just yeah. And let's do face it. it. In those specialty shops, they hire people who are passionate. Exactly. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. And I do want to point out to folks listening, very important for you to know, this is not like an ad-driven show. This, no. This show is not like uh, subsidized, uh, advertised. Maybe uh, criticized. <laughs> criticized. <laughs> this is not a commercial for the darkroom, the Midwest, or our own FPP shop. It's just what we do. Like, Matt... Works at Midwest, so, yeah. so of course he has a lot of Midwest stories. Yeah, that's... and of course he's saying, "Hey, you need to buy some stuff," because he's going to take care of you. Exactly. We're here to help. The guys at the dark room—they are the nicest lab guys I've ever met in my yep. life. Of course, I'm going to plug them mm-hmm. because they do good work. And I waited to see feedback because if if the dark room wasn't kind to FPPers, like if if they didn't do a good job on your film, th- there's no way they would have lasted in our little inside world here. Mm-hmm, We're in exactly. Our, this is a gang. You're part of our gang. Not a gang and a club, <laughs> not a gang. Yeah, you know. Hey, kid, you want to shoot some film? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I talk about the FPP shop because you know I'm experimenting with all sorts of wacky 35 millimeter films, and then I make it available to you, mm-hmm. and you're supporting this very show. What show? That is not. We're not funded, but I have to pay the electricity. I have to pay the web bill. I have to pay the webmaster. I have to pay Justin and FPP shipping. He's not a photographer. He's very good at customer service management. Excellent. But like he will take care of you in the FPP store. But that's it. That's a little disclaimer there. It's like, look, yeah. we're, we're just, yeah. No, it's good. To, it's good to add that because people get like they feel like it, we're like just it's an ad. Yeah, like we're just roll. Like just, that's all we do is plug our own stuff. I already, I already cut out most of our own in house. Uh, you know the, the yeah, old, yeah, the, the little plugs, the little yeah, plugs. Yeah. And I tell you, that was my fault because 
you know, years ago, I used to shoot 30-second spots for Comcast. I'm a mm-hmm. commercial producer, so I kind of got excited about a new film. Like, oh, let me cut a commercial spot. <laughs> let me cut a commercial spot. It, but my enthusiasm rolls into, hey, they're playing too many commercials. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Alice and FPP, they play too many commercials. They're not commercials. <laughs> but I guess they are. And they're not meant to be, and that's why I got rid of them. Yeah, it feels so, like it sometimes. Yeah. yeah, not anymore. No. Mm-hmm. No. Do you, you don't listen to the show, do you? I do. Does Lauren still listen? She religiously listens. She catches. She's like, "Did you hear that on the podcast?" I'm like, "What show?" God bless her. Because <laughs> it's like, and it's still a blur. You know, like when I listen, I'm like, "What, what was I?" No, Mark Dalzell will only listen to shows that he's on. <laughs> Ooh, and I only take a chance if I'm not on. That, so that means <laughs> we can talk about. So that means we can just always yeah. talk about Mark. All right. Yeah, I listen to the show. <laughs> my God, like for days on end while I'm editing it, and then then once I put it to bed, I listen to it for a check to make sure none of Dane's filthy words got in. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's it. Sure, it goes out into the world. And the only, only time I hear about it is when you, the listener, if I see you at a meetup or a walking workshop, you tell me about a show, and then you know more about it than I do. Because Basically. I, because yeah. we've moved on. Yes. That's fun. It's great. I'm, I'm really, really happy to be here. Let's get into our next topic, which I see. Uh, lately, I have to tell you, and I know fans and listeners and everyone involved are very excited. We've really stepped up the Nikon content on this broadcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, years ago, we had no Nikon content. No love. No love. And the mafia was like getting a hit. We're getting a hit ready to hit, hit us. That's like Godfather. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. like yeah. careful, like driving yeah. through the toll booth. Yeah. <laughs> what do you have, uh, I, I have a, I have a Nikon FA. Oh, you know, I have not been <laughs> a big Nikon user myself. I was born and bred Olympus fan. It's a Nikon FA. That's a an FA. Run, 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 run. Matt knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, she listens to 80s pop. That's pretty much all I listen to, yeah. It's, it's great for the dark room. It's just... You just Peppy the whole Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Yeah. But I actually bought, and this goes back to infrared, I bought an FM2 uh-huh. strictly to shoot black and white infrared in because I could change that pressure plate out from a dimpled one to a solid one. Actually, I thought it had a solid one in it, and when I got the new one, it had a dimpled, but I switched okay. it out with somebody. Back up. A pressure up. plate, when you yeah. load your film, you're loading it across a plate that when you close, your f- you close the camera to, to shoot... It's putting some pressure on the film. To keep it nice and flat. Nice and flat so yes. when you shoot. And How, why would you change out a pressure plate to shoot infrared? Because uh, typical ones had dimples in them to keep static down. Older ones were smooth. Yes. Well, if you shoot infrared, Kodak HIE infrared, you'll notice it's green. It doesn't have an anti-halation backing on it. So the light comes through the film. Oof. Hits the little ricochets. dimple, ricochets, comes right back out. You have mm. open sky, and you'll little have these little yeah. finely spaced dots on them. What the hey? Anyway, that was my first introduction. No I bought that camera kidding. new, but I was never an aficionado. And, of course, now people are giving me these cameras, mm-hmm. and I have found out how awesome some of them are. I, I never really thought about it, but, you know, Nikon has always had a, a pro division and kind of a semi-pro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you got your F, which equated to maybe your Nikon mats. F. Yeah. yeah, your F2 kind of hit up your FE2s, your FM2s. Mm-hmm. F3, it's... A little competitor was the FE2, FM2, 
<laughs> and the FA. Okay, got an FA. Here we go. FA is really a unique, unique, unique camera for them. It is the uh, semi-pro version. So it doesn't have all the bells and whistles of its if it's Big Brother Pro, you know, it doesn't have a, a, a viewfinder or a rangefinder. The whole top right. pentaprism is not interchangeable. It has some screens. It has some this as far as winders you can put them on. Mm-hmm. It does. Uh, it was introduced in 1983. It was their last manual camera because oh. when oh. they went up from this, they went like to the N90s, 8008 autofocus. Oh, the plastics. Yeah, that yeah. You got it. So this was 83. Titanium shutter. Okay. Moves very fast. Honeycombed. Moves. Come to the honeycomb harder. Uh, <laughs> sorry. It's it, is, it is horizontal. It's not the it's silver. Caffeine. It's the black. See? Oh, stoops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have a little bit older lens on there. Max shutter speed, one four thousandth of a second. Well, that's Get great. out. This is program. Get out of town. It is. Pro- <laughs> program. Aperture priority, shutter priority manual. It has a dead manual, meaning it will fire without a battery in it. What oh speed? One two hundred and fifty per second. Wow, that's fast. It for is a dead fast. Man, yeah. um, which is also its its max flash sync. Sync. That's great. Mm-hmm. Lightweight, small. I love the size of this. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. About K1000 size? It is, wow. about Olympus. Not quite OM size, but, no. but not bad. Takes three different winders. Wow. Takes the MD11, the 12, and the 15. 15 is important because if the batteries go dead in your camera, your camera can operate off the batteries in the winder. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a nice little backup. Typical for the time in the 80s, an aluminum chassis. you got the brass bottom, mm-hmm. and then you've got the plastic top. Makes it yeah. a little lighter weight. Yeah. Still pretty darn durable, but... And you can't run over it with a bus. The, po- the big point is, small camera takes yes. all the good glass. Yes. It does. It does. And this is nice because, as I said, I'm an Olympus user, and I can dial down to ASA 12 to use some of these slow films, mm-hmm. ISO. But I can't use the plus and minus dial oh. beyond that. So I have to do it via lens or shutter speed. When I go to uh, 12 ISO on this, I can still give it a plus 2 on the over and under exposure. There you go. So I haven't had this too long. I can't quite remember who brought it in to me and gave it to me, which happens at my place. Kind of set it around for a while and then picked it up and researched. And I, this is sweet. We haven't hit the sweet point yet, though. Sweet. <laughs> it is um, old-style center-weighted metering. Mm-hmm. Or, and this, and I understand why this had to scare them at the time. This is 83, man. Mm-hmm. They're knocking holes in the ozone. Things were <laughs> happening. Yeah. But, but uh, it has the AMPS method, AM. PS method of what, metering, what, what? automatic, multi-pattern system. What do we call it today? Matrix. Matrix metering. That but, damn But uh, now listen, matrix, matrix metering sounds ones, good, man. but the camera reads five areas of your image. Okay. All it five. figures out what kind of a picture it's seeing, and it sets the exposure based on its little library of over 30,000 image types. I don't want a robot tell me what to do. Well, and that's what uh, they thought. Get, get used to it, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Can't even cross the street has, without a robot telling It also has something called uh, cybernetic override. Oh, oh, that sounds horrible. Oh, that's, no, no. That's like that's good. That's, that's some no, Blade that's Runner. No, Cyberdyne? <laughs> but if you are in override. an... Uh, <laughs> damn that caffeine. <laughs> if you are in um, an automatic mode and you have chosen a number that will not give you a good exposure... Didn't you see Terminator 3? I did not. But it will <laughs> compensate for you. So if you've just, you know, you're on program or you're on aperture priority, can't shoot there, lady, it'll go back to where it can give you a proper exposure. Okay. See, yeah. the robot can Cyber- actually go back in time and save your movie. This also has actually what they call unlimited 
shutter speed. In low light, a lot of them will click off after maybe three, four, five seconds. Hit this up. You think, my God, it's never going to close. It might go two minutes because it's still making an exposure. And it, That's wild. It gives you your exposure, what it's going to be at the when you're looking through it. But if it has to change it because something has changed, F. no, by the time the picture's taken, it, it uses that exposure. So during. if you open up your lens yep. and you're outside, let's say a yep. car comes by and all of a sudden the area is polluted by some light. Yes. It will adjust it and will close adjust. the shutter if it's exposed. Exactly. Wow. Or leave it open longer. Well, this, you know, that sounds pretty wild. Robots, I think. man. But yeah. Robots. There's a lot of mini robots in there. There's a lot of mini robots and that scared people. So they they didn't buy it? They didn't. And this literally, today, is even considered the most accurate manual metering system out there, this matrix metering system. Like I said, it didn't sell. And this Nikon puts cameras into production for years. It's lasted five years. That's pretty long, no? No. Not for Nikon. Not for not, them. Not back then. Yeah. And now, now, now they put out a dog, and oh, you know sure. it's a year and a half, and it's out. And you will almost pay as much now as you did, or more now than when this sold new. People it's, realize how special it is. It's not uncommon to pay three hundred and fifty dollars for a body. Ooh. Wow. Um, Maybe two hundred if it's a silver, or one fifty if it's beat up. But <laughs> beat um, up. yeah, it's, you know. <laughs> Ooh, stomach punch. <laughs> Been to the war and back. It, so it's amazing how, and it's because of that metering system, which is so awesome. Wow. You just about cannot shoot a bad image on this exposure-wise. Wow. So I'll prove it wrong. Prove those robots wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, you actually, what they did say about this was um, there was a lot less in the library for verticals than there were for horizontals. Uh, the, I don't know. Don't know. So if you're going to use what it for portraiture mean? or things like that, maybe go back to your center-weighted metering, which activates from here on the side. Oh, you could change the metering. You can go from center-weighted or full metering. It doesn't work vertical? They just didn't have as many images in the library. Why? I don't know. You'd have to ask. Con- We'd have consult- to go back in time. Consult your librarian. Yes. <laughs> You're 30,000. <laughs> and I've read that in a couple places where people have made comment like that. But I think center-weighted works. It's okay. It worked for us forever. But I, I like it because it's small. It's um, Do you shoot with that often? Uh, I haven't had it that long, but I'm really enjoying shooting with this. Right. And after the first test roll with it, I found out that the meter and the battery, everything's still talking well together. They're pretty indestructible. It's now a camera that I grab to test films with. Oh, great. And really that's is. a 1.4 lens on I just happen to have a 1.4 on it, yes, because I got a raft of those from somebody, too. It's a 50 millimeter? It's a 50 millimeter 1.4. It's a little bit older. It takes the AI and the AIS lenses. Oh, nice. I think it was a sweet little 28 in there, a 35 in this little kit, and a 105. Mm. That is just lovely. Hot shoe. Hot shoe. Which can take standard shoe flash mm-hmm. or dedicated. Shoe? What shoe? But that's wow. my little uh, Nikon Fa FA. Yes. Mm-hmm. Nikon Fa 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 All right. That's it? That's it. Hey, we'll be right yeah. back. Come to the honeycomb hideout. I'm Big Betty the Blonde Bomber, and I want a big cereal. Honeycomb's big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not small. No, no, no. Honeycomb's got a big, big bite. Big, big taste in a big, big bite. Right. A good breakfast featuring post honeycomb cereal gives you a big, big bite. It tastes right. Honeycomb bite. It tastes right. Here's Nancy Fleming for Denevi Camera Stores. See this Vivitar camera with the built-in flash? I took all these pictures with it. 
And by buying at Denevi, I saved $10 on the camera. Plus, I had great service. Saved money, and if I didn't like the camera, I could bring it back within 30 days. But I love it. My friends call it the Fleming Flasher. Vivitar calls it the 600. Frank Denevi calls it a great camera buy. Hey, we're back. Hey, Matt, you have a few, uh, a few odds and ends here about workshops oh, and yeah, I got a man stuff. named Alan Ross. What's going on? Okay, so uh, let's, let's start from the top. There is this fellow. His, na- his name is Mr. Alan Ross. He was actually mm-hmm. um, an assistant to, uh, you might have heard of this gentleman, Mr. Ansel Adams. Oh, yes. He was an assistant to him. Um, in the late, I believe, late 70s. Okay. There's a ton of photos uh, of the two. I think I knew Alan. He was kind of a mutual friend through um, Bill Schwab. Okay. You know, a, a photo stock guy. Yeah. Um, he added me on Facebook a few uh, a few months ago, and he uh, around January, February, he put out this little uh, this little post on his like he has like a fan like a Facebook fan page mm-hmm. as well as an active Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess every year, what he does to kind of give back to the photographic community, he's prolific with workshops. He has he does stuff for main media workshops. Yes, he's located near Santa Fe, so he does the Santa Fe photograph, and he also does uh, <laughs> a lot of stuff internationally too. I guess he's doing one in. Uh, somewhere in Italy this okay. year. Okay. So a r- prolific master printer. I mean, he spent time with Ansel Adams, so he probably knows more about black and white than just like a, a large portion of this community still shooting film combined. Mm-hmm. Um, so every year to give back, he picks someone, I, I'm not sure if it's just a requirement, but it seems like kind of younger into into traditional photography in, in some way, shape, or form. And he wants you to send uh, just a, a quick... I think it was a 100 or 200 word essay on why uh, you would benefit from his tutelage. Whoa! So I uh, I put my threw my hat in on that and uh, I got picked. Whoa! For a free yes. workshop with him. Get out! Yeah. This happens this year. This year, uh, it's happening uh, at the end of August. Whoa! I'm going out, to, uh, me, Lauren Strudel, going Get- out to Santa Fe. Whoa, 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 whoa. While you're there, go to the History Museum in Santa Fe. Okay. Because the Pinhole Resource has a large, large display there, so make sure you see it. Very cool. I guess we're going out at the right time of year. It's the end of August, really beautiful time, I guess. What state is Santa Fe in? New Mexico. New Mexico. No kidding. The American Southwest. Yeah, it's going to be a three-day-long black and white, heavy, traditional printing kind of workshop. Some shooting, some developing, a lot of printing. Uh, I, I'm definitely going to bring a Zoom with me, and we'll get some uh, we'll get some audio spots done. Hopefully, Zoom microphone, not a Zoom lens. Correct. No, <laughs> no, all primes. Yeah, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. That's why I'm not doing photo. Or that's why I didn't do photo stock this year. Right. It's going to be fun. My own workshop side of things. Uh, a couple again earlier in the spring, a uh, a young lady came into Midwest and she I uh, sold her a Hasselblad, mm-hmm. and she was clearly excited about it and an amazing digital photographer very good lifestyle shooter she's got her stuff on multiple like websites and she's actually a stock photographer that's making it in fine art and stock photography which is mm-hmm. unheard of because micro stock is just you know pennies on the dollar but she's really making it work anyway she um she was getting the film sweats 
But I was like, you're an incredible photographer. Like, you Don't l- sweat l- it. Let me show right. you, you know? And so we did a little medium format, kind of one-on-one, and I'm just starting to drum up the one-on-one workshops again, just for okay. someone that would otherwise have the film sweats about uh, shooting medium and large format. It's nothing like working with... There's not, if you are sh- like shooting Didge and you want to shoot film, there's nothing like working with someone. Yeah, one-on-one. That's Even cool. myself, when I first got my, my Mia 645 mm-hmm. and sat, 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 till finally... You want someone to work through the gears with you, exactly. so Exactly. Someone that's made all the mistakes that you're going to. Right. Even if you start, you're still going to make those mistakes, mm-hmm. you now have the confidence to just go through with it. So uh, that's what I've been doing. Um, you know, so it's on, it's on more of a beginner scale mm-hmm. of things, but I've, I've chucked it down to a, uh, a clear hourly rate you know, on stuff. I've posted on uh, the website. Your website. In my website. And uh, I think I have a little plug for it on the, uh, the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. As well, but they're going really well. Um, I usually do them, you know, in my off time. They're only going to be based out of uh, Ohio for now, just because uh, I can't really go too far out, you know, w- what with the day job. Yeah, I'm picking those back up with the medium and large format workshops, but nothing like uh, what's coming up in August. Oh, so. wow. Wow. Yeah. That's, That's great. Thank you for fantastic. the update, Matt. Yeah. Congratulations. And people can reach you how? Uh, they can reach me. Uh, I think I think they can still do Matt at uh, filmphotographyproject.com. Yep, Film do you get photog- those email addresses? I do. Yeah. Email uh, matt.marash. One T. M-A-T dot M-A-R-R-A-S-H at gmail.com. Right, that same works. difference. Um, or the easier version, M-A-T at M-P-E-X dot com, my work email. Oh, they all, they so all many, go, they all so go many the connections. Same, yeah, they all go the same place. Um, but if you need a helping hand, Mac can help you out. Yeah, I'm usually free to help out. I mean, hell, if you if you catch me during work hours, I'll teach you for free. <laughs> right. I'm paid already. So, um, but if I don't have the time, and you know, you have the time and place, we can arrange a little workshop. Uh, it's a quick hourly fee. I take PayPal, all the major, you know, cards, all that stuff. We can work something out. Bring some film. We can work it out on the trade. You know? Right. I'm pretty easy going, and yeah, we shoot film, and it usually covers everything. Yeah. It's like when I worked. Um, when I did the workshops in the spring before my summer ones I'm doing, we just did basic black and white. Took the black and white to my buddy Mark. I tipped him off. I was like, hey, Mark, I'm going to be bringing you some film. Can you put a rush job on it? Next day, we had contact prints. So, she, so someone who's never done film, mm. the next day, see, they've got, they've got black everything. and white negatives. They have scan- I did the scans, and she has contact prints. Like, sh- She's never, you know, she might be selling her digital now. Mm-hmm. So no, it was, it's a great, great. feeling. And uh, if you if you uh, need that help, I recommend. I'm not plug, you know, toot my own horn. Find somebody close to you, right? That that knows film. Uh, work with them. Ask them first. See if you can get it on the free. If not, it's a, it's w- well worth a couple bucks because they've yep. probably made mistakes you didn't even know you could make, and they can uh, really push uh, push what you're gonna do. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. Of course, you can reach us if you'd like to write a letter to the show. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. You also could send us packages, handwritten letters, type letters, P.O. Box 152, Butler, New Jersey, 07405. Don't USA. forget the snacks. Jim, Don't Jim. forget the snacks. Snacks didn't make it to these sessions. The I know. Snacks came in. Dying. They went to the FPP kitchen, and then Jeff, and Justin Vlad, just... It's summertime, folks. Summertime, summertime, some, some, summertime. So don't send ice cream. So it's uh, time for our break. It's time for our 15-minute break, which is actually a few weeks. Uh, We're going to be gone for the summer, uh, gearing up for the fall shows starting September 15th. Of course, uh, you've already heard about our um, upcoming meetup in Ann Arbor, Michigan. We, uh, I really would love to see you folks. It's a one-day meet, you know, basically meeting, 
hitting the streets with our cameras, like old-fashioned, like old, old days. School. Yeah. Old school. Hitting the streets of Ann Arbor with our cameras, going to the Argus Museum. And then we usually end up at, you know, at a restaurant just hanging out, breaking bread together, chatting cameras, you know, just having some fun. Mm-hmm. So it's been a good time. It's been a good year. We're taking our break, and we have a whole nother rest of the year with holidays and all sorts of fun stuff coming up. Wow. That's all I can say. W-O-W. I'm going to be... Sh- Which I'm- flipped over his mom. Yes. Whoa. Whoa, hey, mom. Yeah. No, no Nutella. <laughs> I am going to be shooting all sorts of uh, motion pictures, you know, on 16mm Super 8. Uh, check out, if you go to the website, filmphotographyproject.com, we have a tab that says videos. Ooh. You can see anything that we've been working on video-wise, uh, little short films that we, we've been working on, having fun. Uh, so until we meet again, have a great, great, happy, and safe summer. Do lots of shooting. Shoot lots of chrome. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Yeah, bye, everyone. When we come back from the fall, we're going to have our big Ferrania film update. <gasps> yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be great. We have lots of, lots of stuff to talk about. Okay. Let's go eat. Yeah. Yeah, where are we going? Piata. Yeah! Italian, Italian Chipotle. Chipotle. P- Italian Chipotle. Stomach punch! Yeah. <laughs> All right.
Hey, everybody out there. My name is Michael Rosso in the studio with Mr. John Fideli. Hey, everybody. And welcome to the first fresh, fresh. <laughs> the first edition of the Vinyl Record Podcast. Yeah. Which, I don't know, doesn't really have a name yet. It could it's the be Vinyl call- Record Podcast. We, call it the, we could call it the Inner Groove. No. I'm no? Sure you don't like that? I'm sure there's a podcast with that name already. Okay. Welcome to the Vinyl Record Podcast. Vinyl we just, re- Record. Record. Vinyl Record. Record. Yeah. We just call it like it is. Yeah. And uh, this is episode number one. We don't know how many episodes are going to be, you know, in this series because you know it all depends on you guys that are listening. Ooh. Like if you, well, I should say this is a spinoff of the film photography podcast. Yes, the FPP, the, the long-running FPP, now in its sixth year. Uh, we're not going to tell you anything about us this episode. Mm. Really, you know, we'll tell you about us later. We're just going to continue our interest in all things analog. Yes. All things analog. Uh, John Fideli brought in uh, many uh, records today that he's going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I'm here for support and to try to uh, motivate and inspire folks listening to it. Well, if you're a middle aged man or woman, to. <laughs> To go Young into, kids do this too. I know. Go into your garage. I, because all of my friends that are my age, mm. they're all like, Yeah, I, I have my turntable. Yeah. yeah, I have my records. Okay, let's get them out. Exactly. Are you using them? My friend Tom did it. Yeah, you, re- you pulled them out. I pulled them out. And then younger people are fascinated by the medium of uh, vinyl. And they are purchasing turntables. And, yep. you know, m- many people already have the tuner. Yep. You know. Yeah, but... <clears throat> a lot of the new tuners don't have phono amps in them, so you have to buy a separate amp. That's what I had to do. Oh, because you have to ground it. Yeah. It's a ground. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, we're going to, you know, talk about all sorts of stuff, analog, vinyl, and hopefully someday soon we'll have uh, some experts in bringing in people. Yeah. According. And of course, if anyone, anyone out there knows anything about processing plants, plants, mm. the places where you're all into the plants of like the little etch yeah. codes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The matrix. The ma- uh, <laughs> the in the matrix. matrix. Uh, right now, you can reach us anytime at our FPP email address, which is podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Hi-ya. Just, you know, in the thing there, put like records. R-E-K-E-R-D-S. Yeah. <laughs> it's been well over a year now. I have to t- uh, confess to everyone listening that I'm embarrassed how I dropped my my records and embraced the you know the CD. Yeah. We went nuts for CD. John as well. Oh, yeah, ridiculous. Nuts. Well, it, was, it was just convenient. We moved into small apartments. Running into running over to the CD den. Oh my god! Running out with like ten CDs at once. Yeah, just going insane. I'm completely disinterested in CDs now, mm-hmm. and I have very little interest in uh, MP3 media mm-hmm. except for I'm, I mean I'm not like a crazy person like i look you know i like it for yeah. the car yes when i buy a new album and it has a download code in mm-hmm. it that's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. do you record your records into your computer no the records that i've been purchasing most of it is uh, uh american jazz like mm. mid-1950s to early 1960s and i really just enjoy uh spending time at home at night right listening to those records well, see that's the thing about the listening experience with a record and the listening experience with a cd I mean, when we grew up, it was an event. You'd go and buy a record, and then yes. you would take this huge platter, black platter, throw it on the record player, and then 
digest with your eyes every part of the folder. You'd have listening party. A listening parties, yeah. You do what you need to do to get in the mood to listen to a record. Right. Then you listen to a record, you read the lyrics, you pour over the artwork. Right. You know, and it's big, it's in your hand, it's as big as life, it's easy to uh, to look at and, you know, fun to th- listen to the music and go, Oh, wow, you know, where was this photo taken? Yeah, this music really suits the photo. The lyrics are really trippy. You know, it was a whole experience. It's a listening experience. It's not something you did casually. You know, now you throw in a CD, you write checks, you know, you eat dinner, you talk. You know, it's background music, but the thing I like about LPs is it's... And active, you're actively participating in doing something. Yes. You're not just, you know, in, in one ear and out the other. So. And when you, uh, John has uh, young children, when you are at home playing your platters. They're fascinated. Do you have, does everyone sit quietly and listen or is everyone like crazy running around? Uh, no, they like to dance. Oh, they like so, to dance. Yeah, I'll put on some Talking Heads or some Adrian Ballou or some crazy King Crimson, 80s King Crimson. They love to go crazy to that stuff. But then they like to mellow out too. My, you know, when the, <clears throat> for school, my kids have to read fifteen minutes a night, so I'll put on some Cat Stevens. Oh, very nice! Or a nice Jim Croce record I just got. Yeah, greatest hits. You know, they love that. That's great. So setting the mood with LPs. Well, very nice. Yeah. So tell us about your pile. John brought in a pile of records. Well, you're the one who started this. You got me back into LPs. I, I did. How did I yes, do that? Yes, you did. Because you were into LPs, and I'm like, Dag, burn it! I'm getting into LPs. Uh, so I started going crazy. Well, I started collecting, um, looking for music that wasn't available on digital, mm. uh, like the kind of uh, obscure stuff, like Scott Walker. Mm-hmm. Some of those early, L- some of his LPs were never authorized. Scott one and two. Those are on digital. Those are on CDs. But his in between his Scott one two three four, then there's another album. But after those albums, he recorded a lot of LPs of other people's compositions. Oh, really? And they were never issued on CD. So I just started, you know... Interesting. Because uh, you wanted to hear them. Yeah, so you I got into vinyl. So I went to the eBay, and I bought them. Were they dear? Um, th- things have been going up in price. Maybe For four sure. or five years ago, they were a little bit cheaper. Now yeah. things are going up yeah. since everyone's catching the, the, the wave. Mm-hmm. And I started out with a little Crossley. Which many people be like, they're junkie. You know what? They get the job done. They're no, fine. They're fine. For a, st- for starter, junkie. Starter. Yes. I think they're okay. You can also jack them into your uh, hi-fi. No. It has a uh, you know, there's a yes, phono. There's a there's a phono out or a speaker out. No, there's an RCA left uh, and right audio out, out on the back of most of them. So you could plug it into your receiver and yeah, boom. And it sounds okay. It has its problems, I will admit. Um, uh, I've taken a different path than John regarding a professional turntable. I revisited in the 1980s and purchased used gear from uh, our good friend in the Pompton Lakes. Yeah. Uh, Flipside. Flipside Records. Flipside Records. Been there since when? Dan. Dan. Uh, I've been there since the 80s. 80s. And he took it over from somebody else. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Place is a real... Uh Museum, yes, it is. Records. It, but he's got stereo speakers and receivers and turntables. That's where all I get place. And they come in all the time, and they're very reasonable. And he checks them out. He's got a little workbench there. Oh, nice! You know, you'll find that different retailers like have strengths and weaknesses. You know, so most record stores sell newer things. Yeah, he like, has his new a uh, lot, but his new shelf, but 
not he doesn't carry as many new things as let's say mm. the music merchant in Westwood, which you have not visited. No, or, or that, Scotty's. Scotty. Scotty's in Scotty. Plains, is it? Uh, Summit. They're in Summit. Scotty's in Summit. So I bought a vintage, and you bought you you opted for brand new. What yeah, is the thing I called? A Reaper. Reaper. Yeah. A Riga RP one. And it's ching. Yeah, it was entry level, high end, five hunch. Ooh. So that was a big birthday present last See, year for my wife. Entry level, nineteen eighties, fifty buck. Yeah, plus needle. Yeah. Well, so. there's an upgrade for the turntable I bought for another two hunch with a carbon fiber oh. needle. You could get crazy with all this stuff. Yeah, I like the way it sounds just fine. What's wrong with a nineteen vintage nineteen eighties like techniques? I don't know. Did you Probably ever have? Nothing. Did you ever have one? Uh, yeah, I used to have them. I used oh. to have a Radio Shack suitcase. Oh, get Black out. plastic one that you could carry around with you. Did you? Yeah. Battery powered? You bring it upstairs, you bring it downstairs. No, you had to plug it in. Oh. But it, it would close like a suitcase and it had a handle. Did you bring it to like, you know, beer parties and keg parties? Uh, no, this was when I was much younger. Okay. They hadn't even invented the juice box. <laughs> did you have children's records when you were a child? Yes. You did? Disney records. Uh, read-along records. We had Looney Tune records. Okay. The most rock and roll we were allowed to get was the Cow Sills. Okay. That was it. They have a, a small but fond place in my heart, the Cow Sills. And who, who broke your parents regarding bringing in, like, new music? Your sister? Kate. She brought my in, like, Bowie Kate. and all this she crazy. She brought in Bowie, the Sex Pistols, uh, Mott the Hoople, the Ramones. Did she when used to everybody fight with your mom? Like, oh, my God. This? Yeah. What is this? My father would constantly yelling at her to turn it down. Turn that down. Turn it down. Plus Cheech and Chong record. Who had those? Your brother? My sister. Your sister. She was the older one, yeah. My brother would get Kansas, Rush, you know, all the prog stuff, uh, Bad Company, all the guy stuff. You know, my sister was into, you know, the sex symbols. and Before that, it was the Carpenters, though. Okay, that's and acceptable. Then something changed. It went from, like, Carpenters, Hurricane Smith, I remember she had that, then Elton John, then all of a sudden Bowie hit, and it was over. And uh, that brings me to the first record. Very good. What do you got? Bowie-related album Ooh. that my sister had that I loved, and I completely forgot about it. It's Mick Ronson's Play Don't Worry. I don't know who did the art direction. It's a gatefold album, which is real nice. It's got all the lyrics in it. It's on Main Man Records. Just to show you the sheer joy when I saw this, uh, mostly we buy records at a record show in Wayne, New Jersey here. And uh, I might suggest that if you're looking to start your collection and do it cheaply, record shows are the way to go. eBay can get quite expensive, and then you have to tag four bucks on for shipping. And you don't know what you're getting. Yeah, I've had to return albums. I'm sure you've had to. You know, because yeah. I'm kind of I'm I'm into getting really nice records. Yeah, no yeah. scratches, no you know, no scuffs, no, no dings, no finger, no, f- no f- fried chicken fingerprints. No, no, none of that stuff. So when I saw this, I'm like, oh my god, I forgot about this record. And that's what you know, digging through crates can do. All Dig of a sudden, it. you find something that you remembered from your childhood, and you're like, oh my god. Now who, your sister had that? Yes, because Mick Ronson was, you know, of course, in the Spiders from Mars and Bowie era. Uh, you know, what was that, how many, 73, 72? How many albums is, does he have? His his fa- most famous one is Slaughter on 10th Avenue. Okay. Uh, but he has three or four others. And this one, I only have it, I should have Slaughter on 10th Avenue. I don't, I haven't come across it. But the reason I have this one is because I remember my sister listening to this. And I remember coming home from school and, hearing. and putting it on myself. Oh. Because I liked it so much. Now, does Bowie have his hand in the pie on that one? No, but you know what? Mick Ronson can sometimes sound a lot like Bowie. Oh. 
You know, he has a little bit of a nasally He's on main vocal man, RCA, reference. So clearly yes. there was a, you know, So hey. Bowie helped him out. Hey, Bowie, can you help me out, please? Did you know he does a version of uh, White Light, White Heat, the Lou Reed song yes. on here, which is great. But you know the song Girl Can't Help It? No. The girl can't help it. The girl can't help it. It's kind of like a 50s song. A lot of people do it cover. Yeah. You know who wrote it? No. Bobby Troop. Get out. Yes. So there's a cover of Bobby Troop song on here, The Girl Can't For Help All it. You Emergency Fans Out There. <laughs> and he was married to Julie London. Julie London, who's another one of our affections. Married to Julie London after Julie London was married to Oh, I don't know. Jack Webb. No way. Way. Wow. Yep. All right, next up is this beautiful, oh, beautiful copy of the soundtrack to the 1960s film, The Umbrellas of Schomburg. And it's Catherine Deneuve's first movie. And it is quite a distinctive movie in that it is one of the only movies that I know of where every bit of dialogue is sung. Everything. Even when the postman delivers a, a letter, he's like, Bonjour, bonjour, here is your mail, ma'am. Thank you. Everything is sung. You've seen the, the film. I've seen, it's one of my favorite films okay. ever. The, Looks like it's very well lit. It, it is very well lit. The, the uh, costume design for the movie is, is, and set design is crazy. Sometimes the, the dresses that the girls are wearing match the wallpaper. The carpeting kind of matches, you know, umbrellas. It's very crazy. But this is a beautiful gatefold. It's a mono with a booklet inside. A mono recording. It's got a nice connoisseur collection from Philips here. A nice little medallion. And inside there is a uh, a booklet that has some of the songs that are on here. Of course, they couldn't put the whole movie on here uh, because it's too much singing. Too much singing. The whole movie is singing. So there are specific scenes that help tell the story, and there the dialogue is is uh, told in English and French, or written in English and Very French. Very nice. What is the title again? The Umbrellas of Schomburg. Very good. And a great, great movie, if you ever get the chance to see it. By the way, you mentioned record shows, and record yeah. shows, like uh, I noticed this one in Maryland. I think every state has one. You just it. have to look it up yeah. on the internets. Just like look up record yeah. show, and you'll be amazed. Like They're usually at hotels. Mm-hmm. There's lots around here. The one here in Wayne, New Jersey at the fire station. No, there's one in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, we see uh, there's a, uh, an app for your phone. If you have an iPhone, I don't know if it's on Android, but it's called the Vinyl District. Oh. And that gives you record, show- it gives you record shows in England and U- Europe. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it's pretty tied into the whole LP scene. Next is uh, another goodie, uh, Venus and Mars by the Wings. Nice. And the reason I like this album, this is another really, I found this for five bucks. Really great shape. The gatefold cover is in awesome shape. Nice big weird picture of Wings inside where it looks like they're walking on Mars, I guess. It was taken out in the desert. But the, the good thing about this, certainly not all the music, just some clunkers. <laughs> Rock Show's good song. Magneto and Titanium Man is on here. Listen to what the man said. Spirits of ancient Egypt. You don't know that one? No. Uh, well, like, what kind of junk do you get in it? You get two posters. Wow. And these are posters oh, are pristine. That's a really nice poster. It is. It's a cool poster, but that's not all. There's another poster of the band and their hijinks. I was going to say, uh, clearly that one was not photographed by uh, Linda Eastman in Wings know. and Photographer. I don't know. Because uh, she's in the shot. Set up the shot and somebody else pulled Whoa. the trigger. Amazing. So that's that. So you get not one poster, two posters, Plus and two, two, hickeys. two stickers. One like 
rectangular one and one circular one. And that's Paul McCartney. I think the album that came out after this was uh, the live album, okay. Wings Across America. And that came with a cool poster. Yeah. He it was, was like a drawing of them on stage. They gave away a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, Paul McCartney was like really good with the, with the uh, giveaways. giveaway stuff. He wanted to give back after breaking up the Beatles. <laughs> the other thing that I have here is uh, one of my favorite bands from the 80s, The Jam. The Jam. And I found this record, Sound Effects. The records Ooh. are hard to find first print. And they're usually pre- pretty expensive. This one I had to pay 20 bucks Ooh. for. Uh. But the thing about The Jam is their inside covers are always pretty good. Record covers on the inside. Usually have the lyrics on it, some nice thematic shots. That's uh, Sound Effects. Mm-hmm. I like the cover. It looks like a, you even said when I was picking it up, you're like, you're buying a sound effects record. It looks like a sound effects record. That's the whole idea. Yeah. And this is from uh, Setting Suns, which is a really good album. Okay. I think it was their last album before they broke up. I may be wrong, but but it comes with nice inner sleeve with the lyrics. Oh, look at that. It's got a nice a little bulldog, a little bulldog, on, bulldog there, on it. Sitting on the Thames River. And then this one where they're all frumpy, all the mod cons. And again, another lyric sheet. It's got a schematic in case you want, yep. you know, your scooter, you want to fix well, your you scooter. Well, you know, the, the mods, Quadrafina, the mods. Oh, yes. And the, who are the other guys? Quadrafina. Yeah, the mods and the rockers. Yeah. So this album is uh, about mods. Okay, great. It's mods who are not mods. Oh, this has a rip in it. <gasps> Gosh, darn I it. I noticed that. But uh, the Jams records are pretty collectible, and they're hard to come by. Like I said, usually... Who's the, who's the main jam guy? Paul Weller. Okay. And this is, you're talking early 80s. Oh, uh, yeah. Early 80s. Late 70s, 78, 79. Let's see. Mod Cons was 79. I think In the City was 78. So okay. late 80s. Around the same time as Joy Division. Right. All that stuff. Who Those guys, their records are highly collectible and pretty expensive. Next one is a band I tried to get Mike into. That's me. I'm Mike. <laughs> a band called Nectar. I just recently got turned on to these guys. I had no idea they even existed. Really into Prague. I love Tall. I love Yes. I love Genesis. Gentle Giant. All these bands. And this band I just recently got turned on to. Nectar. And their stuff is really good. It's not Genesis level stuff, but they're really good musicians. The songs are great. They, they flow. This was their famous album. Whoa. The most popular album, I should say. Remember the Future. 19, what, 74, 75? These bands are big on the gatefold, eh? Yeah. Well, Nectar's first, I don't have their first record or their second record, but okay. all the other records that came before and after this are all gatefolds. A Tab in the Ocean, an- see the cover? another really good album, and that came out after Remember the Future. And apparently, for anybody who lives in New Jersey, Mo, bass player, lives in Chester. I think he owns a plumbing company. He's no longer with the band. They still tour, dragging their asses around Europe and America. This was kind of a concept album. Remember the Future is a concept album. It's about a kid who, uh, I think he's a paralyzed kid, who befriends an alien hummingbird or bluebird. And then the album after that, Down to Earth, was more of a carnival theme. Right. Again, Gatefold. Really good songs. Great song. Then after that was Recycled. Whoa. Really psychedelic. They started to pare down their sound, you know, trying to get some radio play. But really great art design here. Here's the whole cover. Oh, look at that. Really great art design. Gatefold. I mean, they were on Passport Records, and they gave them carte blanche to do whatever they wanted. And then this record is the one I found at the oh, record show. Oh, boasts a very young Brooke Shields. From what I understand, it's Brooke Shields. May I see the cover? Sure. That's a painting, but the picture... Certainly looks like Brooke Shields. Yeah, look at the picture. So what about... what? So in those albums of Nectar, where mm-hmm. does this fit? Early? This, is, this is late. Oh, late. This is uh, they made one more record after this with the classic lineup. 
Okay. In 80. And that was it. That was it. Done. Yeah. And they were done. Done. Another pretty cool record that I didn't know. I had this record. Oh, yeah. Schmilson in the Night. But I had the uh, Best Buy series. Had Super Saver. Had like a sticker. Actually, not a sticker. It was actually imprinted. Yes. Said, here, let me take it out of here. It's uh, the Super Saver series. Super Scary Saver series. Yeah, it was a cheap, cheapo reissue. Right. So this is a gatefold. I didn't know this was a gatefold. This is not the Super Saver. No, this is a, the deluxe original first press. Oh. And on the back, they oh have little cartoons God. about all the songs. Anybody familiar with this album will tell you that it's an album of old standards that Harry Nelson did with a Was with that back the same on the Best Buy? No, not at all. And it's a gatefold. Oh, look at that. On the lyric, or, or on the... Uh, LP cover, inner cover, inner sleeve, whatever you call it. There's writing on it. One says, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one says, please investigate Buckminster Fuller's instant slum clearance project for Harlem. Contact Design Science Institute, 3700 Massachusetts Ave, Northwest Washington, D.C., 2006. But you don't know if that sleeve actually came with that album. This came with this album. This is... If you've enjoyed this album, please buy Derek Taylor's new book as time goes by. Okay, yeah, Derek Taylor. Okay. Derek Taylor... did, wrote, he wrote the liner notes for this? Uh, I, I don't know what he did. He was a publicist for the Nilsson? We're talking about I Harry Nilsson, of course. Harry Nilsson. American yes. songwriter, awesome guy. Singer-songwriter, yeah. a documentary out. Famous drunk. Yes, there's a documentary out that's fantastic. But I thought it was interesting because I've never seen any commercials written on the LP sleeves before. Derek Taylor is looking to get, uh, I guess, his pet project some... yes. Uh, some extra and funds from the documentary that. I watched. The record company wasn't too excited about this album. It's really great, but he—you're talking mid 1970s. This yes. was long before artists now. Right. Are, artists now are, you know, very famous for everybody's doing, doing it. Rod Stewart, yeah, Chris Boti. The, the gatefold is awesome, and it shows you all the players who played in the orchestra, which I think is a very nice thing to do. So you, the cheapo one, you'd be giving that to me? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, if you want it. Yeah, those were the reissues. They were in the cheap bin of Bradley's and other... The Super Saver series are generally like third or fourth pressings where they say, let's just throw these out. We'll put them in very limited packaging. Cheapo. Uh, Cheap sleeves. Put them in two guys' department store. Uh, I have another one of uh, Elton John's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. It's not a gatefold. Both records are shoved into a single sleeve. And they sold them, you know, off price. Right. So I don't even know what LPs were. Say they were $10.99 new. These would sell for... You know, eight ninety nine, seven ninety nine. No, let's go back. In the early nineteen eighties, LPs were f- about uh, four forty nine a piece. What? In 1980, 1980 God, 81. That's ridiculous. By 1982-83, they went up a dollar. They're like twenty eight dollars now. So in the seventies, I'm guessing they were three ninety eight or two ninety eight. God. Well, most of the stickers are yeah, the three four dollar. If anybody out there has you know re- you know reminiscing about either yourself or your father or your grandfather of what LPs cost when you bought them new at Two Guys <laughs> or, or Corvettes. Corvettes. I bought albums from Corvettes. These are uh, East Coast U.S. Harmony Hut. That's where I shopped. Sam Goodies. Uh, and of course, there was Record Town on the second floor of the Willowbrook Mall, <clears throat> right next to the, wor- the organ dealer. Yeah. Not human organs. You know, like a Wurlitzer <laughs> place. What do you call yeah. that? Uh, Hammond Organ. Uh, Hammond Organ. Yeah. Hammond Organ. And then downstairs was a Sam Goodies. Ham- Harmony Hut, I thought it was. In Willowbrook? There could have been three. That probably were. Yeah. It was big business back big then. Big business. Yeah, there was uh, a Sam Goodies in, um, off of Hamburg Turnpike in Wayne. What was that mall? 
Remember that mall? Uh, yes, it's still there. The mall is still there. Meyer Brothers was there. Uh, right now, there's a Stearns in there. It was a Stearns in there. Right. And the Burlington Coat Factory's in there. Yes, that's that's the called mall. the Preakness Mall. Is it the Preakness Mall? Yes, it's in Wayne, New Jersey. The Preakness Mall. And the Sam Goody was open till just a few years ago. Was it really? Yes. Wow. So that's you used to go there as a kid, like take your bicycle there. I remember, or something. No, no, my parents would take us there. Drop you they, off. Yeah, they would go do whatever they wanted to do, and we would just go into Sam Goody's. I distinctively remember like one of my uh, musical moments there, decisive musical moments, was I was standing there. It was 1980. <laughs> Duke had come out by Genesis. Yes. And I was kind of a Genesis fan. I didn't really know too much about the band. And Heaven and Hell by Black Sabbath. And I only had enough money to buy one of them. Mm-hmm. My friend Chucky DeBruin was like, buy Heaven and Hell. Get Heaven and Hell. Get Sabbath. I'm like... I don't know, man. I, I'm really digging the, the way this Genesis record looks. And I bought that record. Really? It changed my life, musically speaking. Because then I really got into Genesis. You know, wow. Dealt into all their stuff. And then they became a crappy band, unfortunately. If you folks have a story, first of all, if you folks are actually still listening, <laughs> that means maybe you'd like us to continue doing this. We need to hear from you. And uh, just send an email to our FPP address, which is podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Humana, humana. Let us know your experiences with vinyl records. Or are you thinking about getting into it? Have you been buying? Mm. Do, did you know that, oh, yeah, back in the 60s, you could buy Frank Sinatra for three ninety eight at Corvettes? That's crazy. Or what were the stores in your area where you live? So just to And know. do you still buy them? Do you? Speaking of still buying, I have a new record. Oh, let's see. This is uh, my favorite new record right now because I'm also, you know, we're buying, we're buying new uh, vinyl as well. Oh, look. Robert Pollard. Robert Pollard. Robert Pollard. And this is a, a new artist. No, no, no. He's been around for years. He's the uh, main man behind Guided by Voices. So you're saying this, is, but this is a new this album. This is a new album. Just came out. Where did you buy that? Uh, in June. I uh, got this. A friend of mine gave it to me, actually. Someone I know is, uh, re- uh, works with Robert Pollard. Okay, very nice. And uh, he gave me this record, which is awesome. If you're a Guided by Voices fan, it's so hard to keep up with them. Funnily enough, on the front cover, there's a sticker that says, first album in over three months. That's pretty funny. Because this guy literally puts out two, three records a year. Does he really? Two, three records a year. And, and sometimes he's putting out, he has put out four. And what label is this on? It's his own, la- it's his own record label. Guided by Voices, main man, genius... Poet Laureate, Robert Pollard. Well, I like New that. album, Faulty Superheroes. Would you like it? Probably not. Oh. Because it's rock and roll. Okay. Yeah, I've been listening to uh, Molly Drake. Let's see. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. There's only 12 songs on this album. Some okay. Guided by Voices albums have been known to have 20 or 30 songs on them. Very nice. You know, one to two minute long bits. But these are a little bit more thought out. They're really good. It sounds so great on vinyl. And there's a digital download, so okay, no reason not to get it. And my my surprise record was uh, when we went in to go see your friend at Flipside. Yes, I was digging through the five dollar bin, and I found this Procol Harum album called Home. I never heard of it. It's not that popular of an album from their canon, but it came right after a Salty Dog, which is a great album. And Look I think at that. it's the last album with Robin Trower on it, and it's really good. Like every Procol Harum album, I think there's like three or four really awesome songs. A couple of, and a couple of, yeah. and this is uh, typical to that formula. Wow. And Robin Trower wrote two songs on here, I think. Keith Reed was the lyricist for the band, but uh, Gary Booker wrote all of the uh, music. But Robin Trower wrote two of the music for two of the songs here. Okay. And they're good songs. And it got a gatefold? And it's gatefold, yeah. Big, big, 
big gatefold in the 70s, huh? Yeah. That's when they were selling lots of records and they could do all this stuff. Very nice. But it came with the nice color insert. Oh, yeah. Advertising their records. Uh, years past, they would re- advertise other LPs available on mm. the label. Claudine Longer, oh, Liza Minnelli, that. Burt Bacharach. That's all we have for today. Yeah, just a quick, you know, intro. Well, it actually wasn't that quick. Well... It's not as quick as we thought it would be. A long in the tooth intro. But if you know, uh, if you'd like us to continue with this vinyl record podcast, uh, we do need to hear from you to see if anyone cares to hear us talk about vinyl records. And if anybody knows a lot about a certain type of record or process, s- the process, plant, where the plants are, any gossip, stuff. yeah, exactly, about people falling in the vat of vinyl. Yeah, maybe we're playing human skin. Yeah, here you yeah. just let us know. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. <laughs> And uh, we're going to go spin some records and go have some Lee Sushi. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we'll see you next time.